1: Trusting God. We cannot stop trusting God regardless of what the circumstances tell us and show us. We cannot stop trusting God. Ruth didn't all of a sudden get up and say that's it I'm out of here and run back to Moab because Boab might not be the one to redeem her. Boaz had told her do not fear my daughter. See fear is the opposite of faith.
0: In today's message, Pastor Dave will remind you that one of the most important things a Christian can do is trust God. When we stop trusting in God, we start trusting in something or someone else. God is the only one worth trusting in. Anything else won't be able to do anything. Christ is capable of anything. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of Ruth chapter 3. As he continues his message, it's complicated.
1: You are assured. In Acts 4.12 it says, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven among men, whereby we must be saved. There was no other. So Ruth thinks she's being going to have a fiancé. And Boaz says, It's a little more complicated than that. We spoke of these before. Complications. Just when you think everything's going according to God's plan, everything's working according to God's plan, and you know it's the Lord, you've seen it time after time, you're comfortable that the Lord's working here, everything's working fine, and all of a sudden, it's complicated. Something happens. You don't get out of that hospital bed as soon as you thought, because a complication sets in. Something happens with the bank loan that you knew God was getting the money for you so you could purchase this thing. Something happens. Something happens when you think everything's going along smoothly. All of a sudden, something happens. Why? I think it's because God wants us to trust Him. And God wants to build your faith. God wants to build your faith yeah, you'll trust in me for the great times. You'll trust in me in all these wonderful things that I'm doing in your life. Look how happy you are. You're trusting me all of a sudden. But guess what? You're not going to get out of that hospital bed today. you got to stay for a little bit longer. And you get all upset. And God says, wait a minute. Have I changed? Have I become some other different God? Am I not still the same God? Just because the complication arose doesn't mean He's changed. Maybe the complication is for you to increase your faith, to, to buckle down, to dig deep and believe that God is working and God will work it together for good. And this is what was facing Ruth. This what was was facing Ruth. God was going to make her stronger in her faith. We must never stop trusting God. We cannot stop trusting God regardless of what the circumstances tell us and show us. We cannot stop trusting God. Ruth didn't all of a sudden get up and say, that's it, I'm out of here and run back to Moab because Boab might not be the one to redeem her. Boaz had told her, do not fear my daughter. See, fear is the opposite of faith. Fear will quench faith in a heartbeat and fear leads to anxiety, stress, hopelessness, and despair. And guess what, folks? Fear is not from the Lord. Fear is not from the Lord. Because the Lord has not given us a spirit of fear. We all face situations where we feel timid and afraid. It might be coming up here and speaking in front of others. Some people get afraid of that. Some people are afraid of confrontation. Some people are afraid of being made look foolish. Some people are afraid of rejection. We all deal with fear on some level or not. But the first step in dealing with such fears is to understand that they are not from God. They are not God. We need to be able to say, this isn't God making me feel like this. God hasn't given me this. It might be part of your personality. It might be some oppression that's happened to you. Remember, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But it is not from God. It is not from God. The second step in dealing with our fears is to understand that God has given us a spirit of power and love and of a sound mind. He's given us a spirit of power, given a spirit of love and a sound mind. When we're doing His work, proclaiming His word, when we represent His kingdom, we have all His power backing us, which means we're in His safe hands. We're in safe hands. I'm sure you all know who Elizabeth Elliot is or was. I think she passed away, right? I think you all know who she is. Elizabeth Elliot, her husband, was killed long, long time ago in, uh, in South America by, um, by natives. He and a couple other guys. She had to, went back and actually led the guy that killed her husband to the Lord, native people. But after her husband died, she went back to the United States. And she was mourning the death of her husband as normal. And she felt the Lord leading her back into this area before she even talked to She was leading them back. And somebody came to her and said, are you not afraid? And she says, when you're doing the will of God, there is no fear. When you're doing the will of God, there is no fear. For God did not give us the spirit of fear. He didn't give us that. We're in the safe hands. God has given us a spirit of love. This tells me a lot about the power behind us. Many think of power in terms of how we can control others. I have power over you, man. Jesus' power is expressed in much how we can love and serve others. Remember. Remember this. One of my most favorite portions of Scripture. I say that about everyone. On the night before the cross, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand, knowing that he had all power disposed to him, what did he do? He washed the feet of the disciples. That's what he did. He washed the feet of the disciples. That's what he used all this great power to do. He demonstrated it in humility and love. God's given us a sound mind. The Greek word here is the idea of a calm, self-controlled mind in contrast to the panic and confusion that we rush around when we're in a fearful situation. We don't need to accept what God has not given us, a spirit of fear. But we need to humbly receive and walk in what he has given us, a spirit of power and a love and a sound mind. And it causes us to be bold. If we're not bold, we can't fulfill God's purpose. God's purpose for you is not making more money, not being entertained, not being comfortable. It's for you to use the gifts that he has given you to help people in the needy world and to demonstrate his love so that people will be saved. That's his purpose. When we're fearful, when we're timid, we won't use God's gifts. We won't use God's gift to touch people. God wants you to take his power and his love and his calm thinking and overcome the fear that you, that you have and use it for his glory. Ruth told, Bo- uh, Boaz told Ruth, don't fear, don't fear, but I'm sure, I'm sure it was going to be a long night for Ruth. I'm sure she was going to have a long, long night. Let's look at verse 14. So she lay at his feet until morning. I wonder if she slept. I think not. And she arose before no one could recognize another. Then she said, do not let it be known. Then he said, do not let it be known that a woman came to the threshing floor. She spent the night at Boaz's feet. Boaz and Ruth were not tied to trying to hide anything that was scandalous. It was just that Boaz didn't want to hear or want the kinsman to know that she was there. He didn't want word, he didn't want word to get back to him that she was there, and Boaz was afraid of that because she came and basically demanded marriage. In verse 15, it says, And he also said, Bring the shawl that is on you and hold it. And when she held it, he measured six ephahs of barley and laid it on her. Then she went into the city. When she came to her mother-in-law, she said, Is that you, my daughter? Then she told her that all the man had done for her. Verse 17, and she said, these six ephahs of barley he gave me, and he said, for he said to me, do not go empty-handed to your mother-in-law. Not only did Boaz calm Ruth's fear and anxiety, not only did he give her assurance of the future that she would be redeemed, but he gave her a present. The amount of grain he gave her seemed to be proof of his devotion and love, for what she was gleaning was just daily food. The amount of food he gave her, they thought probably was going to last several weeks. Several weeks. He gives her a gift. He gives her a gift. Jesus takes away our fear and anxiety. He gives us assurance of our future and takes away our work for salvation. Jesus says, no, you're no longer my servants. You're my friends. Ruth returns home and tells Naomi all oh, that happened. Now many look at verse 16 and says, Why is Naomi asking, is that you, my daughter? There's a lot of controversy over that. But one commentator said it this way, and I kind of like this. The words of Naomi signified the question: Are you still Ruth the Moabitist? Are you a bride to be? Naomi was taken by the generous gift Ruth brought home. Boaz is a sly guy. He's cool. I like him. Take these home for your mother-in-law. Always give gifts to mom-in-law, man. Always give gifts to your mother-in-law. That's pretty cool. I like that. Brings us to verse 18. Naomi says to this, she says, Then she, as Naomi said, Sit still, my daughter, until you know how the matter will turn out. For the man will not rest until he has concluded the matter this day. In other words, let the waiting begin. Oh, how we love to wait for God's promises. I know you guys are never impatient with God's promises because i said before, you guys are so much more spiritual than I. You guys never ever worry or get anxious or get nervous about God's promises. Me? Oh, how we love to wait. Sitting still is one of the hardest things to do when you're expecting an answer. When you've gone on that job interview and you're waiting for that phone to ring for them to call you, when you have a loan application for a car or a house, or you're waiting for this or waiting for that, oh, it's so hard to wait upon God. But... Hebrews 6.12 says, in order to inherit the promises of God, we have to wait with faith and patience. Ah, patience. Mm. These two women believed that Boaz would accomplish all he said he would. They waited patiently for the self. They knew Ruth would be a bride. But whose bride would she be? And I'm sure this was pause for consternation for our. She had a difficult time with this. She had a difficult time with this. If not, I'm having a difficult time for her, waiting. Psalm 37, verse 5. Commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Scriptures encourage us while we're waiting to do three things. Scriptures encourage us to sit still, they encourage us to stand still, and they encourage us to be still. The prophet Isaiah writes in 30 verse 7, in the original King James Version, he writes of Egypt, their strength is to sit still. Human nature wants to help God out. We do not sit long and wait. We get on our knees and we pray, Lord, I need your help in this matter please. And you get up and go, okay, Lord, thanks. And you run out and you start doing the thing. We don't sit and wait for the answer. We don't sit and wait for God to show us and guide us. We can't sit still. It's hard to sit still. It's like the school teacher when there's silence in the class. School teacher can't stand silence. School teacher constantly has to talk. She's afraid of what's going to happen when there's silence in the class. We Cannot sit still before God. Try it. Try to open your Word of God, pray a little bit, and then sit still. Guarantee some things are going to happen. If you have a dog, they'll be at your side giving you the old smooch. If you have a cat, he'll be sitting in the middle of the Bible. The phone will ring, you'll get a text message, the alarm will go off, light will go out. All these kind of things will happen when you try to sit still and listen for God to speak. Very, very difficult. I imagine it was extremely difficult for Ruth that night that she was going to wait. She had assurance from Boaz, I'm going to take care of the matter first light. I'm going to take care of it. But she had to trust in him. Sit still. Also, we're supposed to stand still. Moses is at the Red Sea. Moses is at the Red Sea. Egyptians are coming. About out of heck, man. Chariots are blazing, man. They're coming. They're, they're going to take names and they're just going to wipe out all the Israelites who are gathered there, all two to five million of them. They're clamoring. Why did you bring us out of here? What are we going to do? We're going to die. Look, Pharaoh's coming with his entire army. He's going to wipe us out. Moses' response, stand still and see the salvation of the God. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. There's a time to stand still and there's a time to move forward. If you're not sitting still and standing still, you don't want to know when it's time to move. If you're moving when you should be sitting, there's going to be a problem. You need to sit still until God tells you, now stand and now go. Too many times we go before we hear from God. And finally, the best antidote for the restless spirit, the anxiety-filled heart, is Psalm 46, verse 10. Sit still, stand still, and be still and know that I am God. The Hebrew translation simply means take your hands off it, relax, and let God handle whatever concerns you today. How many of you, oh, you don't have to raise your hands, I'll raise my hand for you. How many of you have gotten in trouble sometimes because you went ahead of God, you didn't sit, stand, or be still? I have. You get yourself in trouble. And the first words out of your mouth is, how'd I get here? I prayed. God is able to handle any situation that concerns you. God was handling Ruth's problem. God was working it all together for good. God's providential hand had already worked it out in the Goel, in the one who was a closer relative. God knew what was going to happen. What my suggestion is to you, Christian, and to me, Pastor, stop meddling in God's business. Stop meddling in God's business. He will accomplish all that is possible, all that you need, including the impossible. Every time the picture of Rudy comes on I have to watch it. Rudy Rudy I like Rudy. Anyway. but there are so many cool things that happen in the picture of Rudy and one thing he's trying to get into Notre Dame. he wants desperately to go to Notre Dame and he has applied and he's applied and he's applied and he applied he's working he's doing all kinds of stuff. he's even trying to push his way in. he's on the team that, 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 that shines the helmets. he's doing all these kind of crazy things he's trying to push his way in and he just won't listen to God he won't wait. And he goes to a priest. He goes to a priest and he explains all these things. And the priest says a wonderful thing to him. I love what the priest says to him. He says, in all my years, in all my years of being a priest, I've learned one most important thing. He's God and I'm not. I love that. Stop meddling in God's business. Let him do what he's supposed to do. You know that let go and let God? Yeah, I let go. (laughs) <laughs> let go and let God let, let God handle it. He knows what you need today. God know has knowledge of what exactly you need. He knew what Ruth was waiting for and he was working behind the scenes. He had already had it taken care of. We should not sit still, stand still and be still and then God will deal with you or oh, well what happens? He's capable of making you sit still. He's capable of making you stand still and be still. Boaz was working on Ruth's behalf and even Naomi's behalf. Naomi, the bitter woman, once man of God, is now telling Ruth to be confident in Boaz, to be confident in him. He will not rest until the matter is settled. And I believe that about our prayers to God. God will not rest until the matter is settled. It may take a while. It may take some time. It may be longer than we think necessary, but to God, it's just a blip. You know, you pray for something, God answers it. But we see it takes maybe a a while. When it comes to redemption, and I got to bring back everything to the cross. When it comes back to redemption, we're looking at Boaz as the Kingsman Redeemer, the, the one who gives redemption. When it comes to redemption, Jesus did not rest until he accomplished what he was sent to do. He had his eyes like a fin towards the cross. And everything he did led to that one day. Everything he did to accomplish. A lot of the times, he had to fulfill laws. He had to fulfill all the law. This took time. This took time for him to accomplish. But he never lost sight of what he had to do. He became obedient to God, the Father, even unto death. Death on a cross. Today, what is he doing? He's in heaven working for you and for me. He's interceding on our behalf. He's interceding in heaven for you and me right now. When Satan comes strolling around heaven, read the book of Job, he can get into heaven right now. He hasn't been kicked out. When Satan comes strolling around things and said, well, what about that goofy Dave? Look what he did now. Jesus said, he's one of mine. He's one of mine. He's accepted me. He's my, mine. belongs to me. You have no part of it. He's working steadily for us. He's at work right now in your hearts through the Holy Spirit transforming you into his image. He's at work right now. What's the problem? You have to let him. You have to allow him to work. Perfect gentleman. Oh, he'll bring that little thing that you're dealing with, that you're dabbling in. He'll bring it up to you, but he won't force you to give it up. He wants you to give it to him, he's ever at work. So have we, or have you, like Ruth, put yourself at the foot of the Lord of the harvest? Are you trusting in him and him alone? Or are you still trusting in that bank account? Are you still trusting in that job security? Are you still trusting in other things, that relationship, that whatever? Are you trusting in Him and Him alone? What is the evidence that we're really trusting in Him? is when we sit still, stand still, and be still and allow Him to have His way within our hearts and allow Him to have His way in our lives. You are assured
0: We'd love to keep studying the Word of God with you, but that's all the time we have for today on Assure Hope. We'd like to invite you to learn more about this program by visiting our website, assurehoperadio.com. There, you'll find our archive of previous messages from Pastor Dave Shank, available to listen to or even share with your friends and family. You can explore more of this series in the Book of Ruth or other books in the Bible. Each one gives unique insight into God's plan for you and this world you live in. If you're looking for a church family and happen to be in the Cape May area, we'd love to have you join us for a time of worship and Bible study right here at Calvary Chapel Cape May. We meet weekly on Sunday at 10 a.m., and you can find all the information you need by visiting ashorehoperadio.com. We are gathering in person, but we understand if you're not comfortable with that yet. Instead, you can join us for church online through Facebook Live. Just follow the link at assurehoperadio.com. While you're there, don't forget to like our page so you can stay up to date with all the latest information about Calvary Chapel Cape May and Assure Hope. With that, our time with you has come to an end today. Thanks for being a part of our listening audience. Know that we're praying for you each time you tune in. Would you join us in praying for your fellow listeners too? Pray that ears and hearts would be open to the truth and that lives would be changed. Thanks for praying and thanks for tuning in for today's edition of Assure Hope.